All right, we're here, episode six, the Good Enough podcast. I'm gonna apologize right now for my X Games voice. It is not good. <laughs> I did a little too much talking. The altitude hit me a little hard. Um, but yeah, so I'm Pete Arneson. I'm joined per usual with Jason Aaron's, and with some special guests this time, back again. Hashtag free Noah, Noah Curry up in here. What's up? And then we also have from Sweden, DJ Frisbee, Adam Frizzell. What's up? Um, so Adam is a Swedish judge. A little intro for him. He's been judging a lot of the major contests over the last decade-ish. Um, so he's out here in Mammoth with us right now and followed us to this house. And I have an extra mic, so he's sitting in front of it right now. Yep. And, yeah, so thought we'd maybe recap a little bit of X Games and um, whatever else we decide to talk about. It's kind of a little free format on this one. Yeah, no uh, no big dog Tom Wallace or Nick Gepper on this. Yeah. Holding us to any type of but. Big, schedule bigger dogs dj frisbee and free noah <laughs> yeah that's i can i can just say i am honored to have dj frisbee on this podcast well uh, thank you it, maybe we could also pair up a special one-time recording dj frisbee with free noah freestyle oh, i got the audio set up like we were in a we got a closet behind us put Noah in the closet and just that's what i'm saying dude go. put him straight in the closet Dang. noah will put out bars if i'm not in the closet it's there are no bars i'm telling you straight up i have to be in a closet and honestly these mics might be a little too nice so and it has to be like what what was the, the name of that house that you guys were recording at cell block we did cell block yeah we did the ward but it has the to ward. be like negative five degrees in the house oh yeah. yeah ice build up on the inside of the windows <laughs> Like you could really hear blankets. the struggle and the pain in his mm-hmm. voice. From that just that just good. adds when you when you hear cruising in the Astro, you can just feel it. It's like Kanye West through the wire, but it's just through the ice, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Noah uh, and Kanye the same artistically, right? Yeah. Free Kanye, yeah, pretty much, and politically. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will go on the record and say that's a lie. <laughs> uh, so we, a uh, few of us, went straight from. Aspen to Mammoth with some issues in flight. I luckily flew LA to Reno and was fine. The rest of the field of competitors from X Games had some interesting flights to get here, but we don't talk about here. Let's talk about X Games. Um, what was the first event, Jason? Do you remember? Oh yeah, this this year we started right off really easy with men's big air. Uh, you know, usually when we show up to Aspen, it's super nice to just start with a pretty mellow event that really uh, doesn't feel like the stakes are really there. So men's big air is a really is the one you want to start with. Yeah, you know, there's no no nerves going into that. There's not normally anything progressive or crazy happening. Um, so well, not yeah, o- <laughs> not only that, we were jumping into. Men's Big Air with a fresh format of, here, let's try this a little different. Not sure how to do it. And I know from an announcing standpoint, like, nobody in the crowd understood what the hell I was describing. When I was like, they're going to start with a trick that is important, but it's not as important. It only gets 10 points. <laughs> but then the other ones get 45. And if you add all of it up, all of it up it's 100. Yeah. And they cut to <laughs> you, Jason, and they're like, you know, go ahead and describe the format. 
and you go off and give great detail, just a, a well-rounded, detailed explanation, <laughs> and they the people just blank face. You can tell nobody <laughs> understood. Oh yeah, not at all. No, I mean that was that was the highlight of X Games for me was getting all that airtime. I was having family members, everyone screen recording thirty second tidbits of each event where I got to awkwardly talk on camera, uh, being asked questions that I had no idea what I was being asked. But uh, the the big air that was that was definitely an interesting one this year with the new format. Um, the the style style jump the jump worth 10 points that they had to do first ended up being kind of pivotal in it like max moffat went right off the top and crashed on that one and that kind of set the tone that was like all right i don't know if he can come back from losing that amount of points in the beginning in a system where the points actually matter um a hall and mac uh, clearly understood the the mission statement with the style tricks doing the zero spin and the rodeo five uh, op mute, but then a couple of the other competitors just kind of seemed to maybe not really understand the parameters that we were looking at with uh, for this style trick. And uh, I mean, I was again, we didn't limit the rotations being done in that trick, but I was really hoping that nobody would spin over nine hoping that most people would stay under seven and to have three competitors try tens, uh, two of which being double cork tens, I just thought was maybe not understanding what that jump was supposed to represent as much. Uh, and then throughout the rest of the contest, it really seemed that the format um, affected the riders in a way that I wasn't really expecting, like having four jumps as opposed to five jumps in order for them to land their two hardest tricks really affected the whole field of competitors. And uh, I think we, we just saw a lot, a lot of them struggling with it in a way that I, I wasn't really prepared for. It definitely seemed a little more anticlimactic than usual. I mean, it seemed with them struggling with some more tricks, it wasn't like there wasn't a buildup. There wasn't really like a, Oh man, here we go. And I guess we did get teapot doing a 21, which was laced, and that was one of the last jumps. But it, it didn't seem like there was, like, a back and forth and, like, a, as much of, like, kind of that head-to-head -head that we usually get out of the big air. And I don't know if that's, like you are saying, I mean, maybe something to do with the format and how taking that one jump at the beginning just took so much time out of the, the rest of the jam format. But it was kind of an interesting, interesting way to go about things, and I liked it. I liked seeing the style tricks, the ones that were done well that we enjoyed. But um, I'm not sure how that's going to go down in the future. But I don't yeah, know. How I'm, is it from also home? I, I don't want to lose the style trick. Right. I, I really like that. That element is super cool to just have something different and give those riders the ability to showcase something different. And I think we saw with the women's big air, uh, a lot of tricks that we wouldn't normally see. I mean, Tessa's uh, Rodeo 7 Double Japan. So sick. I've, I've never seen that in a contest from her. I've never seen her done that. I don't, so Tessa doesn't sick. particularly film that much, but that was, that trick was amazing. Yeah. That to me, that was perfect execution of the style trick. Like, here's a new format. Here's yep. a thing. And she's like, oh, great. I got this. Yep. Don't worry. When you were watching it from home, like, did you know about the format change from before, Noah? Or was that, like, news to you when you were watching? I was, yeah, I was aware of it before, j just from Jason describing it to me. But I liked it from home, honestly. I, I think it's such a sick addition, and I feel like 
thinking about like v- the viewer base of X Games with that trick in there, it's kind of like I don't know, brings it down to earth a little bit relative. Yeah, to just yeah, it makes it more so relative. Savage. Yeah, like yeah. if you're riding the lift at your local hill, you see someone do a sick cork five or whatever, you're gonna get hyped on that. Yeah. So now you get to see that at the beginning of the contest, and you're like, "Ooh, that was sick!" And then they still go do insane tricks afterwards. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I was I was hyped on it. I I thought that was a a cool kind of wrinkle into it. It also created a different strategy as far as how to go about it. You saw it. Well, I I watched women's snowboard big air, and you saw how much more dominant Kokomo was with her stuff. I mean, Kokomo did a a front three bring back. That was insane. Like, it was exactly the way that, like, Rena Rena Congress does it. And it was just like, holy shit. And she got a 10. And then she went out and laced some other stuff. But it was, it was so cool to see that that, like, she won everything. She won that. And, and that was kind of a cool aspect of it. Yeah. I think for, for me too, and like, this was brought up in the early format discussions, uh, was maybe not placing too much emphasis on the style trick. That's why it ended up being, 10 points versus the two other scoring ones being 45 and my i think they should just go 50 50 and uh have one crazy rotation like like one big trick traditional big air and one style trick and it's 50 50 and you have to be able to do both and that would also give them more opportunity to do a style trick because what i realized watching max fall in that cork one is the style trick for those guys probably takes more polishing than some of these rotations that they just have dialed. One, especially on a jump that big. I mean, it's one thing to go out on like the the jump here at Mammoth and South Park that's 30 feet and dump out a cork five. It's another thing to do that on the X Games big air jump under the lights in front of the cloud in front of the crowd. But I I back that. I like the 50-50. It's like your best trick and your best style trick combined and that's what you got. Yeah, I think that'd be yeah. great, too, because that would, uh, just with the direction of uh, tricks these days, I feel like they would push that super far into, like, the new creative space of tricks, right, that they're doing. They're yeah. really, like, they are really hard to do, but it is kind of super low rotation. When I was, I was bummed that Matei wasn't in. Like, I mean, I feel like he would have thrown another wrinkle into the whole mix of what's a style trick versus what's a big air trick. I mean, Absolutely. his he could do one thing as a style trick, but he's also doing shit like that, as we've seen throughout this year, that's been rewarded. I mean, Adam, you were in China yep. and rewarded hit the trick, the Tokyo Drift, the Baron yeah, Flip. Baron Flip, thank yep. you. And, I mean, yeah, how was, how was that in China and comparing that to everything else? I mean, we had a long discussion after Qualys with progression versus tech runs and and i mean the shit that matei does every time with this progressive new stuff that it always brings to the table with the baron flip with no spider 16s with different grabs like and he also have the tech trick i mean it's a hard comparison yeah like straight up like and in china we got kind of split it about it so we kind of like rewarded the progressive stuff super high, and we also rewarded the super tech stuff. Yeah, but I mean, like Matei and just can describing Bay's, Matei's like Baron flip is super tech. Yeah, is that what you're saying? Okay, yeah, or yeah. even more progressive. Yeah, way oh, and then sure. like a Miro switch 
Switch Double 19 Blunt is the super tech one because Which it's is more spinning. Also absolutely insane. Yeah. Insane. And I mean, the a lot of these riders, too, are kind of, at least the high, the top level riders are really playing around with that uh, area that is low rotation, high difficulty, and have that in their bag of tricks. So, like, if you really, if you make it worth 50 50, uh, then then it makes them think outside the box a little bit more, and I, I think that they bring a lot to the table. And obviously, I think not having Matei in X Games this year was a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Just well, you, the fact you that never he was there not too, to be a part and, of it. Yeah. Do we know what was going on Food with him? Poisoning. Oh, yeah. the worst. That sucks. Got a little sickness. Our our slush, our slush cup champion. Uh, yeah. Not the one that won the spot. The that went yeah. to Cody. Yeah, uh, didn't even get to compete in any of the events that, that he was already so invited in. But he is here in Mammoth. But let's uh maybe bring up the slush thing that they that we did there, and I thought it was cool. I I really appreciated slush being involved. I thought that maybe could have been done a little different. Maybe just one male game, one female game, so they actually could get through it. Um, I think that they were concerned that there'd be like gaps, but in Knowing that they got snowmobiles, I think it could have just been a one-guy game, one-girl game. Um, but what did you guys think of having slush? I mean, I don't even... Rail Jam was not an option this year for skiing. It was not an opportunity. So it's not like they were going to get street style. But yeah. what did you guys think about slush? I thought it was sick. I Kind of the only thing I would say against it was it was slow. But that was very apparent. Um. But I thought it was I thought it was really sick. I mean, I just love to see that sort of yeah. thing. It was it was pretty funny at the bottom. The TV guy with the camera at the bottom kept uh, like trying to have them like be next to us, and Tom and I were both like, "Get on the sled, go, go, get back up, like go get more hits, <laughs> like come on, we got to finish these games and like actually do more tricks and stuff." But I don't know. Did you get a chance to watch it, Jason? Yeah, no. I uh, we we finished skiing like quickly that morning to come down and watch it and overall like i think i think it's a big win for skiing to have something like that uh showcased on the x games platforms um the live slush was cool the slush cup being in conjunction with x games was amazing um and i think that a lot seemed to be learned from watching that first one how how would this go in a live event and like what you're talking about i think there are some tweaks but i think I'd love to see more of this, yeah. you know, live slush. I think um, the thing you, you really, you miss in the slush games that are being played a lot of the times is um, slush has grown to a point where it's not always these world cup level skiers. And when you have two of the best skiers in the world that can do anything against each other in a format like that, that's televisable you know oh, yeah. that that's that's an unbelievable competition that i want to see and the, the biggest shame about it was they didn't get to finish those games yes that because that jesper max game was i was oh. like come on can we just keep going yeah. because like three letters for jesper then three letters immediately back jesper gives to max and i was like and they were i mean that transfer that jesper did like the nice. back swap over to the down fought down same way two at it was fucking huge like it was so and the carve into it to be able to get that pop over and he did it perfect like and it was so sick to see like max would like set into it and be like nope and like 
those are the best, some of the best rail skiers ever of all time. And to oh, watch yeah. them go head to head, if like if we could get a full game of that, that would be so sick. To I, had, I had somebody I was talking to this weekend suggest that they cover a slush bracket system like a golf tournament um, that just kind of like, hey, uh, this is this is going on over on this rail. This Hole person's on their one. last letter. Yeah, Let's yeah, go. Exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's actually a sick uh, idea. What do you think? Um, what do you think about the size of the rails, though? Do you think they were too small? For sure, they looked too small. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, too short, too short. Too when short. it was, it was a tight setup. I mean, that drop in was super steep, super quick, and like you were, you were just flying right into a very short rail. But watching snowboard street style, like having more hits and them going in on it, like there was a lot that could have been done for skiers on that setup yeah. if they had endless sled lap hits on that like the snowboarders did so i'd like to see a rail jam i love rail jams um but i also would like to see slush be still involved in some capacity because i thought that was a good representation of what free skiing actually is yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely and you have some of the most uh you know core guys right guys have been doing it for so long thinking putting a lot of time and effort and energy into that and yeah that's what they want people to see you know they they obviously believe that that's important to showcase so yeah big shout out to joss and matt walker and woodsy and charlie lasser and sam ferguson and all the hands that are involved in slush and everything that they're continuing to push and do um and i know that they have a jib league coming up that they also work in part with at sugar bowl in tahoe which is going to be sick you better be going out to that. Oh, I, I told them. To I told them I was going to be there, and they kind of looked at me, and I was like, "I'm just going to be watching. Don't worry." Yeah, right. I'm you definitely that, not going to be watching. You're going to be in on. there. <laughs> I'm going to have you judged. I'm going to be following in on uh, Wacko, trying to do whatever he does and get hurt. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's you better just. I saw an ad on Instagram for some butt pads for snowboarding. <laughs> Yo, oh, the turtle pads dude. or something. I think get some of those. You'll be invincible. We were talking about those today because no reps butt pads. I literally wear the ones that you saw in the ad on Instagram. <laughs> oh my, maybe that's not targeted. We're messaging too much. I think I got them. I thought that I got them because I literally bought them, and they're like, "Oh, you can buy another pair. Like these are pretty cheap, and you rip holes them all the time." And now I'm seeing like tons of other people are like, "What the hell are these butt pads, dude?" And I'm like, "Oh, I don't know. Those are weird." We're, we're like walking out from lunch today, and no, it's just like, "Hey, Nikki." you wear butt pads <laughs> she's like i used to i probably should still yeah, i do dude god i'm old i can't be out there crashing and not, not having these you. freaking pads you'd be down for months can't do that months you gotta be out there working on b4s i gotta produce content i gotta do b4s dude noah did a b4 yesterday in south dude, i'm waiting i'm waiting for the content man content king out there in mammoth and i've seen almost no coverage i know I know it's rough. We're he's, busy. He's recording. It's like though. you're out there We're doing working. a job or something. Yeah. Well, well we haven't done anything yet. Well, I guess kind of did pipe, but yeah. Um, so what else? X Games we had. I mean, we could talk about Knucklehuck. We'll just kind of jump into another. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with Knucklehuck, first of all, super cool. Leading in with the slush topic, that Cody got a spot in Knucklehuck. That whole field was nuts in, yeah. in knucklehuck this year the only thing and like maybe as judges we lean into this and maybe maybe this is our fault maybe maybe it's the approach of the riders but i really want to see it 
be distinctly more different than a big air. Um, I, I really feel like there's so many other ways to approach hitting a knuckle that don't involve doing kind of a standard single takeoff air trick. And, uh, we, we saw some, we saw some unbelievable knuckle tricks that happened, but the ones that, uh, I feel like are most in spirit of that competition aren't necessarily, the highest rotations, if you, if that makes sense. Well, and you know, we re we rewatched it tonight, and we're talking about that. And I think, as an overall impression judging format, I think maybe it needs to be tweaked a little bit. Maybe like best three hits as opposed to the complete body of work. Because I felt like the guys who just landed more just got bumped up, Get and bumped up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it takes away from like like you look at Yuho. And you look at what Yuho did and the way he used the knuckle and how unique his all of his tricks were so different. And but he fell a couple times. And I think that hurt him. But the tricks he did, I mean, were podium worthy. I mean, the tail like all the way out on the complete tails of his skis into that front flip was insane. insane. Yeah. That that trick was unbelievable. But like the one the one thing that I feel like needs to be remembered with knucklehuck is when people are doing 1260s and 1440s and we like blatantly don't reward that and reward somebody that's doing a nine or something, there just is a bit of a, a difficulty understanding as to what we're looking at. You know, like Yuho's that that nollie to tail drag to front flip yep. was unbelievable, unquantifiable. How could you compare that to anything else? Yeah. However, the majority of the riders were doing tens, twelves, fourteens off of the knuckle, and when well, and, you're and when they are not trying to interrupt you, but like not game. off the not off the knuckle, off the the jump the front behind yeah. the knuckle. So go ahead and continue. But I just like they're not going off the knuckle; they're taking off behind it and going over the knuckle. No, jump. exactly. And like my two favorite tricks from the entire event: Yuho's nollie to tail drag to front flip and Jesper's. Switch backflip to backflip. Yep. Um, and again, I just it, maybe this is on us. Um, I I would love to see an environment where they don't immediately step to doing doubles off the knuckle. Well, and I think it's yeah. tough too because it's you guys do not dictate what tricks they do. They go out there and choose what they're going to do off that knuckle. And you saw immediately, and I mean. I would say almost half the field first run is going for some sort of big spin off the knuckle. Yeah, knows what or off the back. I mean, like six knows what are dubbed twelve. Yeah, exactly. And I don't blame Dennis who last minute gets dumped in there and he's like, "All right, let's go. I'm gonna go nose butt or like first out of game, like Ollie <laughs> almost nose slap twelve. But still, it's like I mean, but how sick was it to have Dennis in there and just fill so in sick. in the last minute? Oh yeah, Dennis. That was a. I was really excited when he actually got the alt spot after flying all the way from Austria to get to compete in that. And the nose butter tw- dub twelve was pretty much the only thing I knew for sure he had on that knuckle. <laughs> yeah, but the field really fed off of that. I mean, it was. It's a sick trick, but as soon as that happens, everybody up top is like, "Okay, freaking competition mode!" Like, I, I need to do a twelve. I know? mean, or- look at. Jasper's last trick in the knuckle competition. Yeah, yeah heavily influenced. He's like, shit, I also need to do a nose butter 12. Like, yeah. because everybody else did it. And that's what he did. Like, yeah. Should have bring the penguin slide in. Like, <laughs> yeah. I backed the pin. I wanted to see more body slides across Yo. the knuckle, more, uh, 
rolling around on the ground. The one thing I will say about Knucklehut too, and like I think this brings it back to relatability and maybe not having the highest rotations. The thing that I've heard the most people talk about, like when I went into the media department immediately following this event, they were all talking about Yuho. When I went on the internet, they were talking about Yuho. Uh, people want to see that stuff. And uh, again, yeah, maybe maybe that's on us as judges, but I, I really, it's hard to compare that against doubles when, when eight of when six of eight are doing dub twelves and that seems to almost be the standard that they're being held to in that competition. Yeah, well that's kind of my point is not the entire body of work, but like maybe two, maybe three of their best tricks where then you can reward off of more creative tricks. And I mean we had Nicole in here at our condo tonight from X Games, who does the research, and all she wanted to talk about was Jesper and the flip to flip and Yuho. I mean, and that's the, those are the fun ones. That's what the event's supposed to be about. I mean, kind of. The event was originally created because of Marcus Cleveland wanting to huck doubles off the knuckle. Yeah. yeah. But at the same <laughs> time, the like we've talked about. Zed Powell existed exactly. and yep. that there's a different way to <laughs> and approach fridge. the knuckle. Yeah. Right. But, but I, I want to run it back. I, I want Cody to get another shot. I want Yuho back in there. I want Dennis. I want Unikangas. I want Hackle. I want B-Dog. I want Mango. Um, I think that, like, granted, it's going to, I mean, Jesper's got to be there. A-Hall's got to be there. Colby's got to be there. I want a 20-person knuckle hug. Let's get, the, <laughs> oh, let's oh, get yeah. DeLorme in there. That'd be sick. Like have we, Del- we we have sent DeLorme an invite <laughs> so many times. We, just, were, we were joking about that tonight. He, he just doesn't respond, man. He doesn't give a damn. He's going to give that same response he gave to Steele 15 years ago when Steele asked him to judge that he's got enough free T-shirts. I got enough backpacks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, speaking of knucklehuck, uh, women's knucklehuck oh, so going off, um, that was – that, I was really excited for that event uh, overall, and it it didn't really disappoint at all. Uh, Scary Terry, Teresa Corboba going for the flat three off the knuckle. That was so I think I talked to a couple people, and they were like, yo, that's the absolute last thing I would try on, yeah. on the knuckle. <laughs> yo, big shout out to Scary Terry. She's yeah, like my yeah. new favorite human being. We had a <laughs> oh, we had a good time hanging out at X. but And she She's also jumped in to, because we had three people pull out a women's slush, and she just hiked on up. I, I said, you want to go train just in case you get in? She hiked on up, started hitting the rails, and got into the women's slush and threw down some tricks. So she's just there. She had a good time at her first X Games. Oh, now yeah. she's Underground out hitting straight goat. rails. Yeah, for sure the goat. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, otherwise the women's knuckle huck went off, and Olivia kind of predictably had a lot of stuff to bring to the knuckle. That Road 5 kind of Wallish-esque off, oh, the, so sick. off the front side of the knuckle. Her uh, Hendrick five yeah. was dope as, f- yeah, 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 and Rail absolutely freaking boosted, dude. I don't. That girl is ballsy, dude. She freaking points her skis straight and is like, "I'm hitting whatever's in front of me. I'm, I'm oh, doing absolutely." It. I mean, her cork seven, that was kind of like a biomorkish seven. It's yeah, like, cool. like she didn't even know where she was in that rotation and just <laughs> fucking landed. She's yeah, like, she still did it. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Rel is a is a boss. It's pretty cool to see her style develop over the years, and uh, to be a, somebody that you'd want to see a knuckle huck. And I think Olivia and Rel, both their time at Kimbo's session was uh, well spent getting ready for some knuckle rips. 
Oh, I, yeah. I still back the how we've talked about in the past, how they should just build a Kimbo knuckle. Like, just have one snow machine just blowing and just have a, a Kimbo knuckle for knuckle hug. That'd be sick. Like, remove it from the jump Yeah, and just have a knuckle that that's what it is. That'd from really all sick. angles, like, you can they go They could anywhere. do it, too. They could do yeah. it where the old big air jump was on the other side of the pipe. Yep. Like, like I brought that up, and somebody somebody brought up that that might make it more of a big air because the it the the Kimbo knuckle works so well as a jump with something in between. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. But again, okay. they're utilizing it. They're not just doing dub twelves over that roller. You know, they're usually like spinning into the knoll. Um. So I, I want more than a separate big air jump. I want a separate knuckle huck knuckle. Yeah. No, I back that. Um. But yeah, I mean, and then we, I guess, slope style was pretty insane. I mean, for X Games, I don't remember the last time we had that many good weather days for an entire X Games. Like, it was perfect every day. And then, so slope comes around, it's 31 degrees, bluebird skies. Like, you knew you were going to get a heavy, heavy contest. And then, yeah, it didn't disappoint. Like, it was, it was wild. Super sick yeah. to watch. Slope was very heavy and i'd say slope and big air are the two events that as judges we're most nervous for because the they just tend to go off and slope with the weather the way it was you knew it was going to be a showdown and uh, all of them did not disappoint it made for a really tough job trying to be able to break those runs apart and d- decide who to award based on what you know like all the runs are so comparable all the runs are so difficult and they were all immaculate you know minor mistakes here and there from like some of the riders in the top eight but for the most part it was just perfection top to bottom yeah i mean we were in 90s i think down to seventh sixth or seventh i mean you you had scores in the 90s and a lot of good runs and i think one thing that always gets looked past by a lot of people who are watching the X Games at home who are very into the industry and watching skiing is that you look at this course for you guys as judges and this is a seven feature course. Four of those features are rails. Three of them are jumps. And there are some guys in that top five, six that had insane jump runs, but you have to compare those rails as well. And when it's more than half of the course, you're comparing very technical rail tricks that are actually going to move them above because it's more of a percentage of the course. And that gets overlooked so much with these big spins and these big tricks on the jumps that like you look at, I mean, you look at Andre in fifth place and his jump run was insane. It was super good. I mean, the only bad thing, not bad thing I'd even say about his jump run is that he had a short grab on the first hit. I mean, the safety was pretty short, but that's it. And then you look at his rails and his rails are good. They're super good, but he doesn't spin all four directions and they're not nearly as creative or technical of a line to compare to some of the guys above. And I think that that's where you guys went with that. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a big part this year was like trying to uh, reward people for creative use of course and creative approaches to their runs. And again, like, the, the the technical merit of the tricks stands alone in a lot of cases but um, when it when it does come to down to our subjective opinion based on which line choice and which approach to a rail we found to be more creative then it kind of falls into our hands and uh, yeah I mean we we 
chose to award other things. Like I think if you look at Andre's run in two years and you say that got fifth place at X Games, nobody will believe you because it's flawless top to bottom. Uh, he sat in first for the majority of the competition and his rails were great. His jumps were unbelievably heavy, maybe only matched or bettered by Burke in the in the jump department. But um, like you were saying, I, I really think there was an era back in the day where it was kind of survive the rails and the, your jumps are what is going to dictate the contest. And uh, when the course is oh, more than 50% rails, it has to be weighted more heavily on rails than it is jumps. And uh, I think that'll always be hard for people to understand just from a general perspective watching on TV or uh, yeah, maybe not understanding uh, the technical difficulty of some of the rail combinations that we're seeing in there or being able to critically evaluate the difference between hitting one rail or doing one of the obscure transfers uh, that we had to get up on course to be able to even see what the distance was and how hard it really was to get from one rail to another. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you see so many of those shots from the side where until you see like that follow cam, where you can see how far they're actually jumping over on a transfer or even what lip they're taking off to get to a different rail. I, you saw Jesper on that six. He was on that back far lip going up and over the other rail, and you didn't see that from the side in the first couple of shots. And then you saw actually, I think it was POV yep. that they played, and it was like, oh, shit, he's going up and over from the rainbow lip over to the rain, or the roll to down with a six. Like That was insane. And sometimes yeah. the cuts mess with that too. Like even yeah. tonight, you were yep. you were saying that we, they switched to a replay where they're doing a follow cam instead of the actual cut that was in the run. And you're like, oh, I didn't even know she was doing lip too. Yeah, I mean, the but, tilts. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the perfect example. Like we didn't see it the first one. Second round, we got the follow cam from the behind, lip two, C two, on the second rail feature. And we're like, oh shit, it's lip two because it looks like mm -hmm. a standard left two, continuing two on the second rail feature. In her run from the side, but follow cam shows have other things. So Tricky stuff. and that that's one part of of judging that like we continuously try to preserve is that we need to. Uh, this can't be done remote. We have to be there. We have to go yeah, step foot point. on the course yeah, in order to see the difference in these rail options. Because when there are different opportunities within the rails and people choose to use those different options within the rails. Um, that really can be the thing that sets them apart in rail heavy heavy courses. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I I do like it is always interesting to me. Like I'll show up to a to announce and they'll like oh, I won't have time to get on course. And it's like I I have to get on course because I have to see what that is. So if I'm trying to talk about it and be like, oh, that's why this one was harder and have a way to explain it. And sometimes it doesn't matter. Like, when I'm talking to the venue at X Games, nobody really cares. They just want to hear me getting all excited and monster truck voicing them and be like, yeah, that was a 94. Yeah. In the first Look place. Look at that rotation. Look at those rotations out of this world. The Thayer's hype meter hits unreal. <laughs> but, yeah, no, that was, I mean, it was a... Definitely a fun X Games to announce from my perspective because, I mean, it was just unreal contests after unreal contest. There, so what, was the most, what was the most hyped you There's got pipe. real time? Probably Pipe. Pipe was a oh, show, yeah. man. Last like, night. I – and, like, Ferreira, <laughs> the – how big he went and how well he skied that pipe was insane. 
Like it was Did so fun was to watch. So good. Yeah, it was. And then uh, I probably, I might have got more hype. Nah, probably equally as hype for Hunter. <sighs> Hunter first time ever landing that switch down the pipe dub nine. So sick. So he, I was talking to um, Matt Margetts in the airport, and I was like. Did he just learn that? And and he was like, he just tried it the other day. <laughs> that was the yeah, first he time got he got it in practice we... once. I watched okay. him get it to his feet once in practice. Okay, he did it but also it... in China at the World Cup and got bodied. Okay, yeah. So he <laughs> he hasn't actually really put it together until X Games, and that was insane because that, in my opinion, is one of the hardest tricks in the pipe right now. And you you can see Blunk's been doing it for like. Four years, and he's still, I mean, it's still almost hit or miss sometimes. Well, the other thing, too, about, like, Blunk's, Blunk's got that dialed. Yeah. Uh, his is pretty flippy. Hunter's is really flat. Yeah. Like, he, he's belly up the whole time, and that is even harder to spot than yeah. what, what Blunk is doing. And when I saw Hunter do it the first time in practice, I thought he was going to his head for 75% of the trick, and then somehow he got it to his feet. Um but yeah, I feel like the X Games pipe this year really didn't disappoint, and um, I've gotten a lot of like personal messages from people saying that they thought that Nico should have won. But you look at Freire's run and like how 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 as an objective judge of this sport can you not reward somebody doing a run that is that well done, that difficult, that I mean, both way dub sixteens grabbed both way switched up tens grabbed his only non-double in the run is uh 1080 on the other wall everything is huge grabs are all there um what more do you want you know his last 16 was 18 feet out yeah and and he literally landed at the top of the wall perfectly downhill hands to the side and it was like oh my god you absolute psycho like it was, it was insane. But I mean, and it also was the first pipe in a while at X Games. I'm not sure how many years that was cut by Frank Wells. So SPT coming back and Frank cutting the pipe. And I don't know if it's just like I know he's incredibly good at what he does and is an insane perfectionist. But just attaching his name to it, nobody says anything about the pipe if Frank's cutting it. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, actually. I, just, I didn't hear a single negative thing about yep. the pipe the whole the whole week. Just how how good it was, and uh, it did look nice. Like just from from a onlooker, yep. it looked good. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I'm glad the pipe was good. I'm glad nobody struggled. I'm glad the weather was great. I'm super glad that Nico and Hunter, with really unique creative runs, got highlighted on that level and wound up on the podium. Yeah, good good uh, job, judges. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. You, you, got you know, it, you know? <laughs> I mean, thank you. And that's, that's cool to see. I like talking to Byron Wells, who's now coaching Nico afterwards. He was like, yeah, no, like that's things are going in the right direction. And it's, it's noticed and appreciated because those things should be rewarded. I mean, like no one, like no one ever said you have to ski the pipe a certain way. No one said you have to go back to back to back to back from one wall to another. And like, and as much as like, like Blunk, for example, it, it didn't quite work out for him, but put a slash in the middle of your run. Put something else involved. Do something different. Like, why not? And you look at Nico's drop-in. He did a different drop-in every single time. 
three different drop-ins. It's so insane. That's like, what I said. Drop in. A different drop-in <laughs> every single time. Spin. Three right, would so. be every time. <laughs> <laughs> Te- technicality aside, in Nico's run, that zero spin was oh a highlight God, of the competition yeah. for me. And it was done so clean. Like, it had the perfect, like, everything about it was like, oh, that's exactly how Duncan used to do it. Like, it was so sick. And, like, I get it being in second. I mean... The zero, I don't really, like, I consider it a style trick, but I also consider it a technical trick because nobody can do it because it's so hard, especially yeah. that big. Yeah, huge. Dude. And then having the alley flat five in between, okay, I, I guess you can consider it a bit of a setup for the 16. But Alex Ferreira won that contest, without a doubt. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, it was uh, hard to argue otherwise, in my opinion. No, he just did everything. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was that was a really fun contest to watch, uh, and again, the weather throughout the whole week yeah. just played ball. But I mean, also to say for Nico's run when he lands the sixteen to the right, and then up carve to the left alley flat yep. five, like you're landing a sixteen in pipe, and then you up carve. What's funny, I I saw somebody in the mammoth pipe when they were doing training do like a nine and then attempt to carve back at the wall, yeah. and like completely lose edge control like there there's more to it than just the fact that he's like carving back that's a nice turn and that's not easy to do in no. that pipe that's solid ice yeah this what did i was say in our, our first podcast pete an edging phenomenon an edging phenomenon <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, i can't wait till we see this trickle all the way down to usasa oh nationals my God. <laughs> oh yeah i'm hyped to judge that yeah, it's gonna be sick. That's when that's when things get really cool. Like when Henrik started nose buttering things, and that was like people tried to nose butter on the rails, and they're just reverting into a switch hit. Oh, yeah. It's like I okay. still stand by that switch tail butters onto rails. <laughs> not don't real. Exist. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not not a real trick. Hard harsh take. We've seen people doing some style drop ins here in in practice. They're, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, lower saw down some slashes bit, and saw some yeah. middle in and. Up the wall, kind of yeah. Noah Bowman style. Yeah, exactly. S- to switch. Yep. Totally. Not as equal as cool as Noah Bowman, but no, absolutely not. No. It'll be great to have when Noah comes back, to have him involved in all of this that's going on, and and Dart and Dart, and like I, I don't know, I I really I it thoroughly enjoy watching Halfpipe and the way it's going. I just wish that like get more people into it because it's like we've talked about it. it's just so difficult to i think we just gotta to have it. nick gepper doing ted talks about why all slope skiers should ski pipe uh yeah i there there's a bunch of slope skiers i get, would ask politely to just start skiing pipe instead get gepper on there and then have tom <laughs> with him and have tom refute every single thing he says and just have them oh, go yeah. back and forth but yeah i mean i guess gepper is a our other story again, sitting in third, with a chance at a podium in his second half pipe contest now, and getting bumped again. It's only a matter of time until he's up on there. He was up there. He, his run is the real deal. Yeah, you know. Uh, but then, I think like I think he he would he would even understand what what we are looking at in, in Hunter's run that we rewarded on that in that moment. You know, and he uh, he's a competitor. He will come back with something harder. And uh, I can't wait. Well, and we know he has he has the dub combos, and he's done them separately. He's just trying to figure out his run right now. So if he somehow figures out to, how to take like his switch left dub to a twelve, 
and then into the switch right dub 10 or something. Oh I mean, God. he's he's in the mix. He qualified in the top three here in Mammoth, I think. We did double up, so I don't know. We didn't have yeah. Yeah, it. He, he posted that he was third place qualified. Yeah, he's that, also, he wants to do that right dub, dub 12 to 16 with Blunt. Um, <laughs> if he grabs Blunt in that, he, he's already grabbing better than anyone else on that 12. He'll yeah. do it, man. I mean, he did say he's not here to be a competitor. He's here to be the best. Yep. Wow. So, <laughs> um, speaking of pipe, though, I guess uh, to to briefly touch on the women's event, which I feel like was just highlighted by Eileen looking too hurt to compete, and then still pulling through and and laying down two really really good runs that just kind of continue to solidify her position uh, in this field. But I feel like so much emphasis was placed on how hurt she was, and I'm I'm never sure about what message that sense like hey yeah play through the pain you know like back when dumont would like could barely walk and he's like i'm, I'm a warrior i'm doing this uh, pain is only temporary yeah, you know yeah. what i mean like like i know what you're saying but it's one of those things where it's uh, nikki's just looking through the window right now she doesn't want to come in here you got it locked out yeah literally uh, outside but it it is one of those things like i i mean nothing against eileen's run it's incredible she does it super well she has a switch three. And if we're looking at the progression of women's pipe skiing, in my personal opinion, we have other athletes who are pushing the envelope in skiing switch in the half pipe. And for anybody who's ever dropped in, in a half pipe, one of the hardest things to do is do a switch hit. Yeah. And I know that Eileen that has the switch three and it's done well, but it's only a matter of time where these girls like Zoe, um, Amy, like Amy Frazier, are going to be doing these switch spins, bigger, better grabbed, that are going to start threatening this run where Eileen's going to have to step that switch three into a switch seven or something because their switch combos are good in both ways. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's great. if there's anything left to be desired from that run, it's, it's the switch skiing. And I think we would all just be... Uh, We'd all be happy if it just turned into a switch seven, you know, but you're you're totally right. You look at Amy's run. You look at Zoe's run. You look at even Rachel Carker, Hannah, when she comes back, they're all uh, trying. I mean, uh, Keshin and yeah. Lee, like there, there's a lot of switch skiing going on in, in the pipe these days. And uh, I think that's going to really be a make or break thing moving forward in these competitions. And like you said, if Amy and Zoe figure it out, the grabs and the amp consistently with those runs, it's it's going to push the envelope. Well, because if you look at Amy's run specifically, you look at Amy's run and um, she has the switch right nine at the beginning, then the switch five, then I believe the switch right seven. Yep. And then yep. she goes flare and nine, nine. Like she has the makings of it and she has what could would honestly beat that run if it was big and grabbed, in my opinion, just because the switch combos are so much harder. On paper, she's got the hardest run, yeah. hands down. Yeah. All four directions, switch right nine, both forward nines, the switch left five, and then a really good grab switch right seven. Um that again, the grabs are the only thing that holds her back. And if she starts locking those in, uh it, it's she's gonna be pushing Eileen. How yeah. long until we see doubles in pipe from girls? I, I, I don't think it'll be long. I think that there's going to be someone who's going to step to it in the next year or so. In my opinion, I don't know. What do you think, Noah? 
It's hard to say, but we should just go straight to the hardest and have Amy do the switch blunk dub. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, that yeah. would be sick. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've her room is that Eileen has been practicing doubles in pipe. In you know the the shame is we're the fir- we're gonna have to go through full double progression for women skiing as well. So that means first up is the whiskey flip. Oh yes. <laughs> maybe maybe Peter needs to come back and start teaching. I might take a year off uh, while that comes onto the scene. <laughs> we could get we could get Nikki Blackhall's opinion on that, but she has gotten into bed and does not want to join us. That's true. You could just take a sabbatical that year, Jason. It'd be fine. Yeah, I might just take a take a quick year off. I don't want to deal with the whiskey flip. <laughs> Shout out to Peter Olenek and the whiskey flip. I like the whiskey flip. Yeah. There are kids still doing it, man. They did yeah. it in Qualls here. Didn't Peter win highest there in X Games with the whiskey flip? No, back it, was, in the days? it was just the Alley Proto 5. Oh, Alley Proto 5. Sorry. 5 Japan. I think Japan. And yeah. it was the uh, biggest Speaking there. of that, that event, I want more events like that. Like yeah. random one-offs that don't matter at all. As long as as long as those events happen, and then Sean White or whoever snowboarding Kaishu doesn't come into the pipe the next night when the skiers' special biggest air contest happens, and then literally destroy their biggest air by like five feet, Kaishu going to space. Yeah, I have a I have a good thing about that because at X Games, the guy who's doing the data, he was like, "How how high do you think the skiers goes? Eighteen, twenty? And we're like. No, 16 maybe. He was like, but the snowboards went 22. And I was like, yeah, the snowboards went 22. We do not go that high. But as per a conversation I had with the snowboarders there, their biggest air in the half pipe, which this has been talked about a fair amount, at least in our circle, their biggest air by Valentino Gaselli is 24 feet, Whoa. 7.3 meters. But... Joffrey Poulet Villard's biggest air is 26 feet. Did he go 26? How, how, he went 26 how big was Kaishu's air this year? 22. So <laughs> put that into perspective, Joffrey is still just over two feet higher than the biggest air ever done by a snowboarder, but they're still claiming biggest air ever in a half pipe. So don't forget about Joffrey. No, Shout out to Joff. Shout out. Yeah. He still has the world record for biggest air at 26 feet, and that was hungover. With an alley oop flat five in teen, and it was awesome. Okay, bring Job. back X Games teen. All right, yeah. I bring freaking, back teen pipe, like in general. Yeah, I commented that on someone's Instagram recently, I saw that, yeah. and it was hidden. So <laughs> someone out there is trying to uh, shit. No, no, that's how team. the the move the world moves forward is Instagram comments. So you did what you could. I'm doing my best. All right, I'm just <laughs> boots on the ground. You know. Well, you know, with Noah's political stance with Kanye, he, he gets blocked yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I could see Noah's shadow ban because he's got some really harsh takes. Yeah, it just uh, his sure. likes, like in his saved posts, kind of get him blocked from some areas. So they, yeah. they pulled I've taken Noah's out. phone before. You'd be shocked at the things he's looking at. Shocked, you know, that's a shocked understatement. We have another special guest with us, DJ DC Earth. You want to say what's up? Jump on in here. Is that Jason Aaron's? Jason's on here. Yeah. Hello, Jason Aaron's. I miss you. Hello, Jonathan. How are you doing? <laughs> Wonderful. I love when he addresses me by my birth given name. <laughs> Your birth given name isn't DJ DC Earth. <laughs> no, I I tried to, but I didn't have enough influence. Do you? So I heard a story at X Games. 
I believe from Brad J about how you got the nickname DC. Uh-huh. It's because he's from Washington DC. Right, but there's more of a story to it. <laughs> a little. I mean, it was just the first day I moved to Breck. Yeah. Um, fresh out of high school, pretty much. This was yeah, 25 years ago, and I didn't know anyone in town, and rolled into town. Back in the day, the Craigslist was the grocery store cork board, and went in, called a phone number. First one I called, dude answered, super cool, and went over to his house, and uh, a couple guys had moved in there, and uh, yeah, those were my first roommates. And that first night in town, I would introduce myself as John as opposed to Jonathan, and they couldn't remember my name when we were having beers in town that first night in town, and uh, they were like, oh, that's right, John from D.C., and just stuck. decided, he was like, I've never been away from Washington, D.C. before, I'm going to call you D.C., and they ended up being my best friends and roommates first few years out there, so just stuck. I remember how Solid. shook I was when I found out your name was Jonathan, and it had nothing to do with a D or a C. <laughs> no D or C in any of my legal names. Well, I, mean, I, was, I was shook up. Don't you leave the D out, though. Yeah, never. A little wink there. Always get wink, the D. wink. Always gotta get the D get with DC. That vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Jason, uh, you got anything else about X Games you want to go over? I mean, the another interesting aspect this year was we did not have the mass amount of influencers that were brought the year before. It was more of a core type of influence on the Twitch streams and everything else. Um, I don't know how much of that you saw. I'm sure you caught wind of things after last year, but. Yeah, it was a. I thought I thought they did a pretty good job overall with the coverage this year and lack of uh, weird social personalities. Uh, I thought I thought it was a bold move going with no musical events this year because I really thought that would hamper the amount of people that came out. However, I was pleasantly surprised, and there were a lot of people that bought tickets to go watch the event live in person without music. Uh, my only downside this year was that the XIP was located in home team and I was just getting <laughs> held out of home team 24 seven, not able to get wings. Not so able I, to I felt like your credential got that. you in there, but you were just singled out as the one. They who... singled me out. They didn't like me. They just kept not letting me through the door. They'd find me trying to sneak in. I don't <laughs> know how they, I thought I was being pretty you sneaky. You guys didn't have access? Okay. Dan well, don't, Allen. Don't worry. Allen. The talent had access in the home I team. So I, I had some wins. I well, yeah, I love to be referred to as not, not the talent. Reds. You're not the talent. No, I'm not, not the talent. Good no, enough. I mean, Dan Allen. Shout out Dan Allen. Got us in every night at home team after we had done our competition, except for Jason. Except for Jason. Okay. Because I had to go do a little bit of work, and by the time I got done, they had absolutely locked down home team, and there was no way I was getting in. And every entrance was blocked, and they were just sitting there enjoying ice cold Pacificos and a couple wings. <laughs> and uh, I was left out. I really, I felt left out, guys. I would get your priorities. Some yeah. No, no worries. I'm just saying, get your priorities in straight, man. There's wings and beer or work. Those are your yeah. options. And you Lame, chose work. I know. Yeah. Man of the people. I, I got to put y'all this talk of food. I'm going to go uh-oh. get some ramen. So, Jason Aaron. Goodbye, DC. Good. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Everyone listening, go rip some turns tomorrow or. Go set up a spot. Have fun out there. Thanks, DC. Always a pleasure. And respect. Ah, respect. Uh, always a pleasure. My man. Want anything brought back? Ramen or soup? Oh well, we'll sh- we'll shoot you a text. Thanks, DC. <laughs> oh well, um, well I, Pete, I know. I think the only thing we we didn't talk about was the women's slope and big air. Yeah. Um, for X, which again 
Tess just coming out full let's force get, in both of them. Let's get Nikki uh, down here for an come opinion. Come on, Nikki. Nikki, come yeah, on down. Yeah, Nikki, please. Come on down. We would like the opinion from the newest female judge who still has it with some Switch Tales 2s on yesterday. Absolutely. Go check her Instagram if you think she doesn't still have it. And, yeah, at Nikkei. <laughs> and uh, make sure to comment if you think it should have been in color or black and white because that was a hot topic. But, uh, but yeah, so we had we had Women's Slope and, and Big Air, which was dominated by Tess. And I don't know, where do you want to start, Jason? Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess Big Air really, um, uh, the, the style trick for the for the women really, uh, Tess destroyed the style category with that that Road Ten or Road Seven, sorry. Uh, and Matilde was like the only one that was really right up there with her competitive after the first one with that Cork Five Blunt. Um, but then Tess just coming out and lacing the Dub Sixteen, perfect. Uh, getting the switched up 14 first try with safety and then spending the rest of the contest trying to get mute. She had already kind of run away with the contest while Matilde uh, kept trying to do that dub 16 lead tail and just couldn't couldn't get it to her feet and just I mean didn't even take her last drop. So the the battle we wanted to see on the last jump didn't even happen because mathematically Matilde knew she didn't have a chance when she didn't land that dub 16 her her final time. Nikki, did you watch? I did. What did you think of Big Air? I thought it was good. I Obviously, I wished uh, Matilde could have put it down, but I guess there's always next time, next year, that we'll see that. But no, Better luck absolutely. What did you say? <laughs> Better luck, Better luck next, next year. year. Yeah. But we love to watch it all. I uh, That was insane from Tess. What was Matilde's style trick again? Cork 5 Blunt. Which is okay. so sick. It yeah. was really sick, but and I it was remember. she does eight? it best. Uh, yeah. Nine, nine, nine. Oh, we nine. gave Tess, we gave Tess a ten with the road set of Dub Japan, and we gave Matilda nine with her cork five blunt. Cool. Um, again, that that was that's kind of seemingly this year's slope style and big airs comes down to Matilda versus Tess being the kind of headliners uh, that are just well, the heavyweight taking hits at each other without Eileen in the field. I feel like that's kind of how it is. I mean, it went, if she was in there, I mean, that would be a really fun three-way battle in both I mean, big air and yeah. slope. No, yeah. Megan, Megan would have been Megan, a great one. I mean, Megan Kirstie. got double. Kirstie. Yeah. Kirstie yeah, for Kirstie. Sure in there. But last year, I mean, I keep forgetting this, but last year, Megan double gold in slope and big air. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I forgot about that. All I remember last year was how, Flawless that trip fourteen was, but oh God, that was insane. the bummer coming in this year. Yeah, I think knowing, Megan rocked the boat sorry? this year. Yo, one hundred percent. Yeah, if Megan was in there, that definitely could have been a very, very interesting contest. If we had Megan, yep. if we had um, Eileen and Kiersey in there as well, I mean, that's that's quite the field of like heavy hitters and with big tricks too. I think that the biggest bummer this year was just knowing that Megan wasn't there and knowing that we were not going to see somebody step to what she did last year. You yeah. know, like I don't think anyone else is training that triple. If they are, they're not showing it. And we just knew because she wasn't there, we were going to see a different type of contest. Granted, it was great. Uh, Anastasia getting in there, doing both way dub 12s, yeah. like the level of progression in women's big air is huge right now. 
we just were missing a lot of the heavy hitters. Johanna retiring, that's a shame. Yep. She was right up there. Um, best, Kelly, best even, switch like, ten in the game. Johanna Keeley, yeah. straight up, and real swag lord. Yeah, yeah. Super oh, swag. so good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Sunglasses, no glasses. Yep. She's wild. Yep. <laughs> but it's it's one of those things too. Like if Megan was in it and dumped triple out, like where is everyone gonna step to? Like, cause I you know that Tess, like you, you could see the look on her face. She wants to do something to win. So like, what's she gonna go to? Like, is she gonna go eighteen? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Who would dump an eighteen? Or is she just going straight to 19? Straight to 19. Yeah, There's straight no to 19. Yeah. And dropping polls. Are we going back to dropping polls? Because, I mean, we did see a lot of polls dropped at X. We did, yeah. Matilde went for that dub 16 lead tail and didn't use polls. And I think, uh, again, like things that we won't see in a World Cup format. Yeah. I don't see. I don't think we see that for a while because she needs to do it without polls and because we clearly saw the success rate is not – 50%, which is needed to do something in a World Cup event. You have to be able to do it in two tries. Um, and Megan, again, it took her four tries to get that dub 14. Yep. She has not done that since because the True. format does not allow for it. Yep. Um, but again, that was a good one. Uh, then went right into slope. It seems like Tess's momentum carried right into slope. Matilde made it close at the end, but Tess's run, uh, first run, just kind of put it down and, and it really set a bar that I, I knew would be pretty hard to, to cross. Yeah. And it was, it was interesting seeing like that was the best that she could do that run. And she knew that. And I don't know if she had anything else up her sleeve, but she was just like, all right, I'm just going to wait and see kind of how this thing plays out. And she didn't do another run really top to bottom at all. And obviously she didn't need to. Yeah, but. she the other two runs she went for her switch two onto the first rail and didn't do the P two and then just gave up on the yeah. run. I wasn't sure if it was because she didn't grip or because she decided she couldn't do better. Because I, I was half expecting her to do the same run, but with dub sixteen on jump two. Yeah, because um, that was the only way she could have stepped it up. Well, I think if Matilde would have landed run one and bumped up into let's say that ninety three range, then maybe that would have. I mean. But you imagine the the emotion of her putting down that run, how perfect she did. I mean, we've talked about it. I think, in my opinion, the best women's slope style run ever done to date. And we said that about Matilde's run in locks like the week before. And then we see what Tess did here. And it's like, I mean, you lace that run. It's like, all right, I, I kind of want to chill. <laughs> like, I mean, I just dump this out. Right. I'm just, that's insane. Yeah. But the, the other the thing I thought was cool was that uh A test test set that that run down early. Matilde struggled through two runs. For Matilde to come down on the final run and make it as close as she did yep. was unbelievable. And that I don't think people realize how close that run was to taking out Tess. Yeah. Like Tess had Tess has her on the jumps yep. all day. Yep. Matilde's rails. That was yeah, one of the most technical dude, the rails switch I've ever seen. P4 yeah, P4 on I was the roller just coaster. Bring that up. Yeah, that was insane. Like to do it two out of three times, too. Like yeah. bolts. Yeah, that was so switch insane. two P4, left lip two C2, other way switch two to forward. Um that I mean that then just I mean the front swap on the last rail might have been the thing that, that took her out of the mix a little bit, but that runs good. It's well rounded, yep. and Tess had to do the run of her life to 
to beat that that day you know and it, uh those two competing in slope style is always going to be really interesting when i did i didn't get to give in a good intro to nikki we have nikki blackall 2014 x games competitor he promised you wouldn't do this yeah well <laughs> here we are Will one of you guys please get an autograph for me? Yeah, I'm not. In the yeah, she's she's gonna she's gonna uh, autograph. Jason, really miss you. So so sad you're not here right now. <laughs> really sad. But it is. I mean, kind of going off topic here. It is so sick having more female representation in the judging booth, specifically a former athlete who's now stepped in here, who does have an opinion, is a good judge. I've never judged with her. I'm just making this. I think she's a good judge. These guys she can is. these she guys can back me up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is sick to see that, and I think it's sick to, for the female competitors to see more of that in the future. And I think that that should happen more. I think we could get more of these retired or semi-retired female professional skiers to go to a clinic, to go hang out with you, and to get in the booth because it would be sick to have a judging panel that is more female than male sometimes i mean to have more people more representation in this sport coming from the judges perspective is it's super important and there's not enough of it agreed yeah absolutely i think the representation means so much and i'm i'm so thankful that nikki uh came to a clinic after us just hounding her for a while and i've had a couple others that have have come to clinics and that we're trying to get into the mix but i think we've we've lived in this boys club environment for for too long and uh it's time something was done about it and i applaud nikki and others like her that are willing to to take the take the step into this uh judging world that's um not not always that well received yeah definitely and i, I do think the other thing about like on the female perspective or representation thing if X Games is going to bring in a new contest, let's say Knucklehuck, it it needs to be male and female from the get-go. I mean, they don't need to test these things out or let's say the street style or whatever. They don't need to test these things out with just the male competitors. We have female competitors who also do the same sport, who do the same thing with us, who ski the same parks with us, who need to be included in these immediately. And that, I mean, that's just my opinion. I understand that there's timing and time slots and stuff but if you're gonna do it let everyone do it yeah do it for everyone agreed i don't think i mean you see in slope style with the rails something like uh street style or just like you're saying if you bring it men only first there's literally no reason like look at look at the past competition from the year prior or this year those rail tricks are insane the jump tricks are insane like tess's run would whoop in a men's world cup with the lower rank or even oh, yeah. mid rank, right? It's it's so sick. But that's my favorite thing to watch. Women's big air, women's slope is hands down my favorite thing 100%. to watch right now. Yep. It's so sick. Yep. And I, I do think it's one of those things too that like the more representation you have from any demographic, the more we get more people involved, the more the sport can grow in the right direction versus other directions. And I think that that's one of those really cool things that can be pushed more. And X games is a great platform for that as opposed to some of these other things that can't be as creative. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, again, more, all for more events, all for more representation and just, uh, again, more, more women competing does nothing but, 
makes the sport better and well-rounded and have more eyes on it overall. So uh, the more ways that we can get everyone involved, the the better. All right, so we'll probably start wrapping this thing up. We are currently in Mammoth. It snowed two-plus feet up there today, so we're going to try to have a half-pipe competition tomorrow. We'll see what happens. It has stopped snowing, um, so we'll see. But we had to call off slope style yesterday because of wind, um, inconsistent wind and not really the best conditions for people to compete in. And then we got dumped on, and then we're supposed to get more snow coming up here in the next couple of days. So, Mammoth is just seemingly it's, – it's known for being one of the best parks in the world, but whenever there's a contest, there is apocalyptic snowfall and – the contest rain. very rarely gets off, so I uh, I really wish you guys the best out there in Mammoth and not to get snowed in and stuck until this time next week. Well, it's one of those things, too. It's like as much fun as we have going out skiing park yesterday, skiing pow today, I want to watch skiing. Like I came yeah. here to watch a contest. I wanted to go down. Um, I'm going to enjoy those pow turns, but <laughs> I uh, yeah. I want to watch a contest. So. <laughs> yeah, no, or May. Or May. Yeah. That'd be good. Yeah. What What do you all think? Probability of the contest happening? Uh, it, so you have you have four. You have one full slope style qualifying men and women that has not yep. been done. You've done half pipe qualifying for men and women. So you just have finals left to do. How many finals will get completed before I mean, you guys leave? Here. Yeah, that's that is all a good point. Yeah. Yeah. We we also have well. snowboard. Um. So yeah, all that's been yeah. finished so far is. Um, snowboard pipe for and free ski pipe. So we have slope style full qualies for both snowboard and free ski and then finals and pipe. So if it doesn't snow tonight too much, they were already in the pipe cleaning it up. I think we could get pipe tomorrow, possibly. I think so. And depending on the way they clean up that slope course, I think snowboard qualies could go down. I'm not too sure about Saturday. I don't know. I Didn't you count how many hours we need for the Oh, yeah. No. I did, yeah. <laughs> Noah did the math. Classic. <laughs> I did the math. Yeah, classic nerd me. No, they'll, what they'll do is they'll just do a 60-person final, and you guys will just do <laughs> one run each and just split the difference, you know? <laughs> yeah, sick. Yeah, I think if you assume like a, a minute – well, this is – thank you for slow. But if you assume a minute or a minute and a half per rider, we had something close to 10 hours of competition <sighs> – I to get on. through tomorrow and Saturday, with snowboard as well. That's with snowboard. Yeah. Fe- feasible. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of daylight hours right now this time of the winter. That's something you can count on for sure. Yeah, yeah. We're in California. I think it's we have more hours. That's Sun, a fact. It's sunnier here. I think further west, more hours. Yeah, yeah. more hours of stuff. The taxes just pay for more. Oh sun. yeah, yeah. You know, we keep yeah. the sun a little bit longer than everybody mm-hmm. else. Exactly. That's how it works. That is. I mean, you got the money, you get the sun. That's how it goes. Someone must have not paid their taxes. <laughs> just puked. <laughs> well, I'm, I was fine with that. I had some fun today. My legs feel terrible, but oh, yeah, it's a good time. All right. Well, I think that's about it. We've been going. My voice is definitely going to be awesome tomorrow. So uh, still holding on by a thread. You but got it. Thank you, Noah. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Jason. And uh, thanks, Pete. Oh, damn. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Pete. Thanks, yeah, one, two, sick. Three. Yo. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate, appreciate don't, don't try to instigate that, Nikki. No more of that. 
<laughs> I can't even hear you, so I'm not too bummed. <laughs> All right, well, well, we'll probably come back and do another episode maybe in a week or two, kind of just seeing how things are going through contests and everything else in the ski world. And, yeah, but X Games was fun. It's always the best. Oh, that was the other thing I, I'm wrapping up forgetting. Will we be in Aspen next year? Yeah, that, that seems to be the question. I've heard some uh, pretty cool other locations, but I don't think X Games would ever be the same outside of Aspen. Uh, I'm yeah. not sure that's a world that I'm ready to live in. Yeah, so a little background on this. They have a contract. They extended it five years um, in 2019. So 2024 was their final year on the contract. And they've been in negotiations, but they haven't confirmed anything with Aspen, um, Aspen Ski Co., and X Games, so there's nothing set in stone yet, so we'll have to wait and see, but it would definitely feel wrong, because it's been 20, 23 years in Aspen, so. That's a long time, but I'm just here for X Games Mount High. I'm just here for women's that, oh, you, know what's, you know what's funny? <laughs> I'm there for home. I heard X Games Big Bear. Oh, I'm in. Yeah. I'm sold. Yeah. Yeah, that is actually I've been trying to tell heard, them X so. Games Boreal, but no one's listening. Ooh, X Games Boreal, yeah. X Games Boreal would be insane. It rolls that. off the top. It kind of does. <laughs> could you could you imagine the lodging issues with people trying to stay in Truckee? <laughs> they all stay in Soda Springs and just have people. Oh. People all staying in the inn. Yeah, they're they're all that's that's the athlete lodging is the inn up at Boreal. So sick. The athlete lounge is just in the bunker, just gonna hang out. I bet smells it. like sweat. I it. This is also a great opportunity for what I said earlier. X Games teen. Oh yeah, bring, <laughs> bring it, back. it back. Bring it back. And a big and a a big air in Oslo. Bring that back. Oh Ooh. please. You mean to cut out roofing shit or the dock shit or just how feel X Games? No, I'm talking smack. I'm talking X Games in Oslo <laughs> yeah. with the scaffolding. Oh. Where there were twenty thousand people outside of the venue on the hill watching the, the park one. It was the most insane thing I've ever seen. Dang. Yes, the one at the park. Yeah, the park yeah. one. Yeah, we we That's took the subway cool. to the venue. Oh. It was sick. That's sick. Yeah. So, all right, we've gone over time. I don't know if we ever really set a time, but we've gone over time now. We got strict rules that we follow, man. And we got beers to drink and chips and salsa to eat and stuff, and maybe Chocolate go get some eat. ramen. Ramen to eat. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, well, best of luck, team, out in Mammoth. Hope hope it uh, hope it pans out for you. And if it doesn't, I hope at least you get some some good turns in over the next couple of days. Thanks, Jason. All right, we'll wrap this thing up, and yeah, we'll see you next time. That was sick. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. These outros. Pete just leaves them in. There's no editing, and I love it because it's always awkwardly long, and it just keeps going. You're like, cool, man, this well, is awkward. This no, is the, re- the reason I leave it in is this part coming up. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> I like this part. I don't know what I don't know what instrument this is, but I'm really into the... the it's like literally just a matter of hours before Slush steals this for one of the oh. edits. <laughs> Yo, Walker, no. No.